I always tell people there, there, there comes a time where you have to kind of just kind of accept where you are in life and just kind of either, either kind of just die and not do anything or just try and live the best life that you can. And that's what I've kind of chose is just to try and live the best life that I can. So I, I, I try and do things like I normally do things. I'm, I've always been the kind of person that likes to do crazy stuff. So, um, you know, I don't want to give that up. And, you know, so that's kind of, that drives me to do, sure. you know, to be who, who I am. That was Travis. That was that was Travis McCody Strong. His story's next. But first, a couple announcements. Uh, We're less than a week out from the Wilmington hike, so I hope that everybody is planning on heading down there. It's going to be a great time. Um, It's going to be at the beach. I'm in North Carolina. It's only a few hours away from me, if that. And it's already hot and it's summertime, so I think we're all itching to get out of the house and to get together again. So Jeremy Walton and I are going to be recording uh, live episodes every other week. So I'm going to do the kind of polished, fancy pants interviews one week, and then the next week we're going to do one of these kind of live episodes on Facebook and and YouTube. So that's what this was tonight. We're just kind of uh, given that a shakedown cruise to see if it worked out. We had some technical difficulties. You'll hear the mics kind of get switched at one point. And um, all in all, though, I thought it went great. Travis has an, an awesome story. He's doing a Murphy every day for 60 days, which is, I mean, the dude's my age, and I don't know how he's, do- <laughs> I don't know how he's doing that. So he's got a pretty cool story. Um, other than that, that's it. So I hope to see you guys over in Wilmington. And without further ado, Travis McCody Strong. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the 21 Gun Podcast since, gosh, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. I shouldn't say first. Welcome back. We're back live it's been a while i think the last time we did uh movie night right which one was that night. we had daniel sharp on from uh pop smoke stepbrothers yes we watched stepbrothers and surprisingly it went it went swimmingly well uh i thought for sure i would have been kicked off facebook or youtube or something for having that in the background but, but they're they're pretty chill with it so i think as long as you make comments then you're good to go so i think that's what what saved us uh jeremy what is new on your end of the world i say that and you're like 10 minutes for me but whatever i mean on this side of the world just keeping busy man i finally got to see my kid after a few months and uh i was working security downtown for a buddy's pawn shop just kind of were you really trying to, yeah man trying to keep things trying to keep the peace um nice it, it took a it took some took some gumption of people to think they could get by, but it went pretty smoothly. Yeah, Paul Cardenas is up there right now. He's been doing um some security work. I'm not sure what outfit he works for, but uh yeah, he's been doing some security work up there. And the the only thing you know, we're not going to talk about really any of that topical stuff right now. Um, but the only thing that makes me a little upset is the war memorial was trashed, from what I understand. Oh, man, that 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 just <sighs> boils my blood. Yeah, he said um, that they I, I asked him which one. and He said all of them, you know, so it's not it's not like they're focusing on civil war. They're not fo- it was the one actually, you know, the one where we did the Raleigh hike. We all had our picture taken mm-hmm. uh, and it has all the branches and it has like 
the, the beaches in Normandy. It has all, yeah, I guess they trashed that because. Yep, it's got know. all the pillars behind it. Yeah, it's got graffiti all over it still. Yeah, yeah. it does still. Yeah, still. That's, that's, well, that's heartbreaking. Uh, we are one week out from the Wilmington hike. So this is actually really good news, right? Am I right? You're looking at me June kind of funny. 12th. June okay. 12th. Okay, okay, good. I thought you're, the way you're looking at me, I thought you were going to be like, oh, dude. Get it right. <laughs> They're not going to, ha- no, no, no. It's on, it's going to be uh, June 12th. So it's it's a little over a week. I mean, uh, I think on Friday night, we're getting together at the USS North Carolina, if I have that correct. As far as I know, that's off because of the whole COVID oh, it is? thing. But um, I'm sure they will continue to put that information out. Um, Corey will... Corey and Matt Reeves will definitely put that information out in the next few days as to what's going on prior to the hike. So just stay tuned for that. Okay. Definitely stay tuned. Definitely come up for the hike. Everybody, everybody needs this. They're going to get a little creative, but it's going to work out great. I know it's going to work out great because I was just looking for housing down there and everything's sold out. (laughs) And there's, I mean, I guess it's, it's summertime technically in North Carolina at the beach and it, I can expect it to be sold out, but I mean, there's nothing. There's one house that if you look at the reviews, it says it smells like cat piss. So I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be staying at that one. Um, no. A little shout out to um, Colleen Simpson, who uh, just made fun of me for saying swimmingly. And uh, Chris Millington is on. Chris and I go way back, way back to um, uh, college, back when I was goofy, not as smart and handsome. So uh, tonight we have a, a guest on. So uh, basically what, what's going to happen with 21 Gun, uh, we're still going to do, uh, I've been promising for a year, I've been promising for a year that we're going to go to one one episode a, a week. Um, it's tricky to do that. People don't understand that. I can't do one interview a week. I just, you know, and be a father and be a PA and be all that stuff. I just can't do that. There's just too much show prep. So uh, in, in March, we were planning on actually doing a two camera setup and kind of go on the, I hate to say this because I feel like we're stealing from them, but go on that drinking bros. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Drinking bros format type of thing. Yeah. Format. And, and we'll, what we'll do is Jeremy and I will talk about any sort of uh, current events within the, the veteran community. And we'll talk about any irreverent warriors, things that are coming up. And then what we'll do is we'll bring on a, uh, 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 either an IW hiker or someone like, and we'll introduce Travis here in a minute, but, or someone like Travis. And, um, you know, we'll just kind of, it'll be a lot more chill and we'll be able to get more content out. We'll get more irreverent warriors involved and it's going to be a lot more fun. And I'm actually really, really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, that was supposed to start in March. Uh, I think March 31st, we were planning on getting together and doing the first one. And then somebody sneezed, someone ate a duck or something. I don't know what the hell happened. We were like, Holy shit. This, this, this thing up we don't know and then and then after a few weeks we were like oh okay uh everything's cool now and and copacetic so hey frank easterling is uh checking in eod frank um what's up man jeremy walton just checked in uh, i don't know who that kid is okay so tonight uh our guest is going to be travis is going to be i have him down here i should have t- i should have put you in the green room let me do it like this ready hold on tonight our guest is, <laughs> is travis mccody um, I hope I said his name right. It's M-A-C-C-O-D-Y. I mean, it's McCody, I think. Uh, he goes by Travis McCody Strong on Facebook, and I'll let him plug all his stuff uh, when he comes on, when I introduce you, when I actually bring him into the, the stream here. Um, but I, I was introduced to him through, and I'm going to butcher her name, Natasha Halverston. And um, she's like, hey, this guy is a beast, and he's doing 60 days of the Murphy Challenge. And uh, man, the... Last year, I killed the Murphy challenge. 
You know, I can, I mean, I, I got like 39 minutes this year. I did it. Dude, I couldn't walk for like three days. I was destroyed. Uh, I mean, and I'm almost not even 40 yet. And I was that destroyed. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. I'm kidding. Um, wow. But yeah, then I heard, so I heard this guy's doing, doing 60 days worth, 60 days worth uh, of the Murphy challenge. And I'm like, yeah, we got to get him on. Cause I want to know why he's doing it. Why is he putting himself in a rhabdomyolysis uh, <laughs> and uh, kicking the shit out of himself? So I figured we'd have him on. So without further ado, Let's uh, ah look there he is. The guy uh, hey, awesome! Thanks for coming in here, uh, oh, here Travis. So I mean, we'll get we'll get to that part, but let's start off, Travis. Uh, yes. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? I'm originally from California. Um, born and raised in California, and um, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I am know. too. I know. <laughs> I am You're, too. I forgot you were a Cali guy. That's right. Um, what when did you join the air or not the air force when did you join the army what uh what led up to that i joined the army back when i was 19 years old um back in uh 97 oh really yeah i didn't think you were uh an old man like myself yeah i am am. yeah cool uh and so that's kind of an interesting time to join it's uh, i'm also a pre-9-11 guy Mm -hmm. uh by like six months or less i mean it wasn't that much time i actually just got out of ocs when 9-11 happened but still our motivations were a lot different um yeah and the post 9-11 group than these young folks like uh jeremy here so what 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 was your motivation you're just trying to get out of california or or what yeah i mean i was working kind of just crap jobs and i always knew i wanted to do something better with my life and so i just decided to join. I wanted to uh, jump out of planes and have fun and go see places. And um, it was really cool. My first duty station was up in Italy. So I was able to get my first dream station and jump out of planes, exactly what I wanted to do. So awesome. Uh, Aviano or where were yeah, you out of? No, okay. um, Ben, Ben uh, Chinza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a friend that was there and uh, it's up in the mountains, right? Um, Welcome Natasha. No, it's kind of down. Um, it's down oh. by like Padova. It's, it, it's, it's kind of, it's Northern Italy. It was pretty nice over there. It was yeah. it was really nice. Uh, so you, you obviously became airborne. What uh, yes. what unit were you with? Uh, back then it was first first of the five hundred eight. Okay. Airborne battalion combat team. Um, they they switched the first to the seventy third back in two thousand, but uh, that's okay. when I left. So right when I left. I think most of us non-army type, um, well, Jeremy's like a quarter army, but uh, I I think we just think of the eighty second and the uh, the one hundred one. Um, yeah. Are, it, explain that. Is are they a completely different? Unit, everyone's screaming at me now on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, but you're getting weird feedback. No, just they're just different, different units, but you know, um, oh, yeah, first of, of the 73rd's been a while, been around for a while now. They're, they're, they're the main airborne battalion combat team okay. up in Italy. So, um, let me try something. I don't want to screw this up, but I don't like that we're getting feedback. Uh, it might have something to do with my mic hookup. So, let me try something here, real quick. Let's see. I'm going to go to just the built-in microphone. To you guys, to everyone. Uh, but we'll try that. Did it, did it change? Did the sound change? The sound changed. Yeah, it did. Okay. Um, Frank, let us know if you're getting any echo at this point. Um, I just came off of this. This mic is now going to be just for the podcast audio. And then I guess we'll just I'm not getting the computer on my end. Okay. Okay. You just listen to it on the... Uh, on the live feed. Okay, whatever. We'll, we'll just so go. Far, with so good. So sweet. How long did you jump out of airplanes for? What was your job? Were you infantry? Obviously, infantry. Right? Yeah. Um, I was there for about three years and then uh, okay. ended up in 2000. I got out for about a year and a half. And then after 9 11 hit, is when I re- rejoined the army again. And I went okay. to um, 
uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. Let me ask you this then, your uh, preconceived notions of the military when you went as a young guy in 97 and then again after 9-11, was there any changes in the atmosphere? Was there any changes in like the culture of the, the army? Like, tell me about that that difference in serving it. Two, <laughs> yeah, there was and it's definitely weird. a change. Oh, I was just going to say, it's weird, such a short amount of time, but the culture like completely changed for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely, definitely a huge change. I mean, I remember... I mean that that unit up in Italy it was it was a tough unit it was a it was a very light unit we walked I mean I mean we walked everywhere we didn't use trucks didn't use nothing I mean it was a pretty hard unit and so um I ended up get, getting out because you know I mean it was tough then I was like well can I do this and so I I got out um but then once 911 hit I just realized I I had to go back back in you know I had sure, to go sure. and do do it again so how was the transition the first time? So when you first uh, left, right? That's what we talk a lot about here on the, the Reverend Warriors portion of it is, is mental health. And one of the biggest issues with mental health is that transition from, uh, from active duty to the civilian world. Because suddenly you wake up one morning and you're like, what do I do now? So yeah. what was that transition like uh, initially, the first one? Uh, the first time it was... It was kind of hard at that time in my life. Um, I ended up meeting somebody and getting married and then um, having a baby right afterwards. So here I am now just getting out of the army, not really having any, any kind of job really that's paying anything because I just got out of the army. And then um, I have a family on top of it. So it was really hard to try and transition into that, to that like lifestyle. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that really kind of drove me to go back into the army too. the second time was, you know, I knew that I could have a steady pay, pay a check and everything else. And yeah. so, you know, it was, it was, it was hard. Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, we bring this up a lot on the show is that you have folks who transfer, um, what did I just say? Uh, transferred, I don't mean that, the transition from who had no combat experience or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the experience is still difficult. Um, because, I mean, there's so many factors at play, and it's interesting to hear your, your you know, the aspect of you being pre-9-11 and still having that difficult time. So, you know, and, and this is something I think is important to bring up because we have a lot of hikers, IW hikers that are Gulf War. They might even be pre-Gulf War. They could be that weird window between when the Gulf War ended and when 9-11 began. Yeah. And, you know, some people wonder, you know, are, are they even having issues? And absolutely, absolutely, because you go from a world where you have everybody that thinks the same, acts the same, works the same. And then, like I said, you wake up one morning and you're like, and, or it could be like three years later and you're at a board meeting or whatever it is you do. And you're like, I don't, nobody here gets what I'm saying. And it, it yeah. can really make you feel isolated and alone. Yeah, it definitely does. So getting back in, did that did it make you feel better? Were you like, ah, oh, I'm amongst my people? It did. It did. Um, and then, you know, I got up, like I said, I, I, rejoined back in uh, beginning of 2003 and I got up, I got sent up to uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. Um, and we were the first uh, striker brigade to, to field the strikers. Um, and so it was just good to get back in. It was good to, yeah, definitely. It was very good to get back in with my people again. <laughs> were you jumping anymore with the strikers? No, or? I wasn't. Did you jump at all? Did you keep your wings or do you? No. So you became a leg. You went from a jumper to a, but no, I, I guess you, you never go back to being a leg, right? Cause you yeah, have your jump back. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. Uh, how was it the second time around um, 
after 9-11, what were your experiences like compared to the pre-9-11? And I guess what I'm hinting at is the the ops tempo and the total change in, in that whole deployment culture. Um, it definitely revved up a lot. I mean, when I re- rejoined and went back, I mean, I was deep. We were deep deploying within less than a, a year. So, I mean, I mean, we got the strikers we got them prepped and ready we trained on them and we were ready to go so i mean it was mm-hmm. it was definitely just a lot faster tempo sure how did your wife take the the, the change i mean you were a civilian again and now you're back in the military and now not only that but we're involved in two wars yeah yeah it was it was it was hard <laughs> to say the least um was it difficult definitely. trying to like fit back in with a new unit because I know a lot of people when they go back in, because when I switched from the core to the army, yeah. it was it's a whole new dynamic. Now I know you stay at the same branch. But did you still have a kind of an issue transitioning back into a new unit and to the way things were evolving? It was, it was, it was, it wasn't too hard. It was pretty easy to get back into it. Um, the uh, unit that I got into was an, an awesome unit. So um, I, it was, it was pretty easy. And um, those are rare. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, it was it was actually yeah, I mean yeah, it was a really good unit. So I don't think very blessed. I don't think I've met anyone, and I'm sure they're out there that who has been like, ah, oh, I got stuck with a shit unit. Everyone in there was <laughs> shit, and my whole entire career sucked. I, I haven't met anyone like that. No. I mean, they're probably out there, but those people are just, <laughs> oh really? What which which unit did you not? Was it the army or the marines? Both. Oh really? Both. The second yeah. combat engineer battalion out of Lejeune, and that's a that's a career mm-hmm. killer. You get to Lejeune and that's it. And then when I, because uh, a lot of people don't know, I switched to the army because I had a really bad, really bad time. I ended up with seventh engineers out of Fort Drum. You go to Drum and that's just miserable in the first place. Where is that? Where's Drum? Uh, Fort Drum. That's uh, Watertown, New York. Okay. Upstate, upstate New York. Yeah. And uh, not only is the temperature miserable, the people are miserable, the dependents are miserable. It's just <laughs> everybody has a chip on their shoulder. And it was just miserable. And then on top of that being a prior jarhead, that just made it worse. Oh, uh, you, you couldn't hack it in the Marine Corps? No, I came over here to help you out. And it was just back and forth, just just nonstop. And then when it came to deploying, that that was it was hard to fit in. So that's why I asked that question earlier, if you had any kind of difficulties transferring from being pre-9-11 to post or to after 9-11 so yeah. that's kind of where my question led to it's funny how you bring that up because have you seen the tv show on netflix the the medal of honor one hmm. no. it's fantastic it's it's a really really good series uh they basically they'll take um uh soldier sailor airman whatever uh from all different i mean it's like korea world war ii they might do world war one I, I don't remember and then iraq and afghanistan and they highlight you know, just a, a different story. Uh, I think the code is not on there, but the um, uh, Romache is on there, or Romasha, and that same day, because Romasha was awarded the Medal of Honor the same day this other guy was. I can't remember his name for the life of me, uh, but he was a former Marine, and hold on, maybe I can pull it up here real quick. He was a former Marine and went to an Army unit with uh, Romache. Is it Romache? Romache? Romache. It's Romache. Romache. Went with his, his unit, and everyone's like, Oh, this guy's always, uh, it was Ty Carter. That's who it was, Ty Carter. And they're like, this guy, all he did is talk about how, how the Army does it wrong and the Marines always do it right. And it's just funny to hear that. And then he turned out to be some badass that, you know, saved a bunch of people and was awarded Medal of Honor. All right, so um, where did we get at? You, oh yeah, did, did, 
did you deploy? Which ones did you deploy to? OIF, OEF, yeah. both, all of them? Uh, OIF. Uh, deployed uh, the first time at the end of 2003. We were the first uh, strike okay. to go up and bring yeah. the strikers up to uh, um, Mosul was where we ended up going up to sure. the first time. Um, and then uh, spent about a year there. And then uh, deployed a second time at the end of two, 2005, beginning of two, 2006. Um, that was going to be a 15 month deployment, but I got injured six months in. So Oof. we were up in uh, Baghdad at that time, uh, 2006. And the the whole kind of, it, it was different in 2006. They were using a lot different kind of I. IEDs, uh, a lot of different kind of bombs back then. Um, they started using uh, EFPs, which um, I don't know if you know what those are, but they're um, basically man manufactured bombs. They're kind of like shape shape charges. Um, they go right through armor like it's nothing. Okay. And like they, started, they started using those and they were deadly. And so that was something that we were really kind of like watching out for and stuff. And um, See, it was, like I said, about six months in, it was uh, no, November 27th of 2006 when I was injured. We were doing kind of a night mission and um, just ended up driving down the wrong street. Um, I was sitting down. I was the uh, VC, so I was sitting in the middle of the truck, um, kind of scanning with my uh, re remote weapon system and stuff with the striker and um, just ended up a big explosion. Um, I knew we were hit with something. I didn't know what it was at first. Um, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, I didn't know that I was even injured or hit, but I guess the EFP went right through me, um, hmm. took off my, uh, my right leg instantly. Um, my left leg was still there. I, I didn't even realize that I was like, like I said, when it happened, I knew we were hit. I, I I've been in plenty of IED blasts prior. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've been hit prior and stuff. So I, I knew what happened, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't feel any pain. Um, I didn't see any blood. Um, I didn't even know that my, my leg was gone. Um, I just knew that we were hit. Um, and then all of a sudden something internally inside of me kind of just knew there was something wrong. Like, okay, I'm, I'm hurt. And so then I kind of realized I had to get to the back hatch where the, uh, the hatch kind of goes down where you can get out, get out of the um, striker. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was thinking in, in my mind, I, I I had to get back there. So I got off my, my seat. As soon as I got off my seat, I kind of started to black out. So I guess that's when, you know, I guess, um, yeah, I just started to black out yeah. at that point in time. There was, um, well, the funny thing is, is I always try and think like I was injured. I was hit. My, my right leg was gone. So I must've been bleeding out pretty quick. Sure. And so yeah. by, by the time everybody got out of the striker, got a count, figured out who was still there. They figured out I was not there. One of my friends had to go and, and drag me out of the top hatch and pull me out and put me into the other striker. I mean, it, it took a, a, a good amount of time for them to get me into the other striker and to like start, you know, doing care on sure. me. Um, and I'm, I don't even know how I'm still like breathing to be yeah. honest, you know, like someone's watching out for you. That's for it's sure. crazy. Yeah, it's it's so insane. I had um, his show hasn't gone out yet, but I had um, uh, Justin Constantine on uh, a couple weeks ago, and he he was sniped with a seven six two in the back of the head, and it was they were a few of them were hit, and it was like 
okay, just leave the major. He's gone, right? Let's just work from there. They were doing triage and he survived. And it's like, it's really just inches. It's inches. And, you know, some people live and, and some people don't. And it's one of those things that, I mean, I work in medicine and it'll mess with your head if you think about it too much because it's just, yeah. you know, and, and I guess you could go into the, the metaphysics of it. You know, is it your time? Is it or, or is it just luck? I mean, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, did you go through the, the standard, you know, now you're over at Balad because uh, I know that they had a, um, we used to fly medevacs, uh, the C-130s. Yeah. Uh, some of the best missions I've ever been on, some of the hardest missions I've ever been on, but I loved it because, because we, you know, when you're flying, there was no such thing as tired. There's no such thing as, you know, it, no one was sick. It was, this is our job and we're going to try to save lives tonight. So it was, it was really uh, interesting, but we would fly folks into, into Balad and then mm-hmm. C-17s would grab people from there and take them to Germany and then Germany to Bethesda yeah. or, or the other one. Is that, is that the route you took? Yeah. Or, or do you even know? That's the exact route, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got taken taken to Blod, then Long Long Stool, and then um, Walt, uh, Walter Reed. Okay. And what was uh, the recovery? I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Like, with it, it's everyone has a different answer, right? With um, Chad, his recovery process was basically, here's a leg, dude, to learn to walk again. And he said he just he had to, he had no choice. Uh, at, at what point did you realize the, the level of your injuries and you're, are you, uh, bilateral above the knee? Yeah. I'm okay. Bilateral above the knee. Yep. When did you realize your level of injuries and, and how do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I mean, it kicked in the moment I woke up in the Baghdad hospital. Okay. <laughs> the first So time. you regained consciousness in country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I woke up the first time with like the battalion commander and the battalion chaplain and all them standing over me saying that Hodge, Hodge didn't kill me. And, and I'm good and everything else. And then I kind of blacked out again. And then uh, I woke up the second time um, with my whole pl- platoon in in the room. And um, that was a very kind of, it was a good moment, but a very somber moment at the same time. Because it was I knew it was the last time I was ever going to see any of these guys in this kind of way ever. Sure. That's got to be tough. So I can, it was very I tough. It was very tough. Couldn't imagine, man. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew right then, you know, I lost both legs. I knew right then that, you know, my whole life has changed. So sure. Were you still married at the time? I was. Yeah. How did that, like, how did she find out? Was it, was the process in place Did did it work out or, um, she found out pretty quick. I mean, they told her pretty quick what happened. Um, she met me when I was, um, she was already there when I was, uh, heading into, um, Walter Reed and stuff. So okay. the whole process was pretty quick. Okay. When did you lose the, the second leg? Was it a, a the same, sort of thing? The same. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I, when I woke up, so they, they drove me to the field hospital on Camp Liberty, which is on the, uh, uh, Biop, the, uh, Baghdad International, mm-hmm. um, airport. Right. Um, so at the field hos- hospital there, they must have taken it off because when I woke up in the green zone, it was gone. So, Right. So you climbed Pike's Peak and it's going to sound yes. like I'm jumping ahead there. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, you climbed Pike's Peak and, and what's, I saw you, you were in shorts and uh, you weren't, you weren't using any prosthesis or anything like that. What, that's kind of a long jump, but how was your process of getting not only, you know, back to being mobile and back to, to moving on, but to doing something like climbing mountains? Uh, it's, it's been a long process. It hasn't been easy. It's been a long road. Um, I mean, I've had to 
deal with a lot of different issues, um, of course. But, you know, there, I always tell people there, there, there comes a time where you have to kind of just kind of accept where you are in life and just kind of either, either kind of just die and not do anything or just try and live the best life that you can. And that's what I've kind of chose is just to try and live the best life that I can. So I, I, I try and do things like I normally do things. I'm, I've always been the kind of person that likes to do crazy stuff. So, um, you know, I don't want to give that up. And, you know, so that's kind of, that drives me to do, sure. you know, to be who, who I am. Just to do crazy stuff. How did, how did fitness and, and obviously uh, you're into fitness. How did yeah. that uh, aid in your recovery? I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I'm just going to get, yeah. you know, cause, cause we have a lot of people that listen to some people are that struggle with that. Obviously um, a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tell us about how that, um, you know, helped you and, and helped you recover. Um, well, they, they definitely said my fitness level when I was injured definitely saved me, probably saved my life. Um, okay. I was in pretty good shape when I was injured. And they said if I was, you know, if I wasn't in good shape, because I actually flatlined four times. Um, and so, you know, they, they said the fact that I was in, in pretty good shape helped. Um, but, I mean, just being in shape in general just helps everything. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to... Um, it's it's mental it's it, it's everything yeah so you decided uh for some crazy ass reason because you're over 40 right i just did yes. the math in my head okay you're gonna do uh and we said earlier i don't know if we said any of this on on the show um i did a murph this year i did a murph last year and i i was fine this year i did a murph and maybe i, I didn't prepare as much but i was jello for like two days i mean i have i have one of those percussion guns the hyper ice yeah. And yep. I'm just doing myself all day long. I just long. bought one of those too, yeah. Dude, they are so good. They are they fantastic. Are really good. We have one here. It's the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're expensive. But, man, do they – they're just – I mean, I feel like it made me recover a lot quicker. Hmm. But, I mean, you're doing them every day. So yep. when did you decide to do that and why the hell are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw a video of um, – this was like a month prior to the Murph – to the actual Murph day or so. I saw a video of a guy because um, I was like Googling Murph and stuff like that. And I saw, I saw the video of a guy that did a Murph, a 30 day Murph challenge. And I was like, Oh, that seems like a pretty good challenge. to like try and do, you know, it, I just want to try it. And so I was going to set out and, and do it on a certain day, but then I had one of my friends kind of start doing the Murph. She just started doing her own kind of modified Murph and everything else. And just started doing it and i was like well i got no why am i waiting so i just started it and so that's when i started um and i just been going ever since um i i was gonna do a 30 day and then once it got up close to 30 day i was like well i want to try and do see if i can do a 60 day murph and just keep going and do six 60 days of this does your so, body get pissed at you at all yeah it does <laughs> yep. my body's sore pissed at me day. now just thinking every about day. you doing it <laughs> yeah sore every day <laughs> yeah but yeah it's, we it did we rode our bikes from san francisco to virginia beach and it, we had a few days off but i remember and this is before i was in medicine i was in my 30s at the time early 30s and i was like this like some days you woke up and your body was like dude what, what are you doing go back to bed yeah. you're like yeah i gotta go and it, mm -hmm. it can it can win. Did you ever worry about rhabdo or anything like that? No, I haven't yeah. really worried about that. I'm 
Yeah, some some people were saying that. What is that when you're like your body eats your muscles? Is that what it is? Well, it's it's it, you break down muscle tissue um, and it, you release myoglobin. Uh, it's a long thing, but you basically clog up your kidneys with um, byproducts. That's the easiest way to say it. Okay. Byproducts of muscle breakdown, and it can happen anytime. I think about it sometimes. It, I, I mean, you don't have to because it's not that common. But anytime you do something like. Uh, you know, if you decide to sit down, I'm going to do a thousand curls, right? Yeah, you could be setting yourself up for rhabdo. So it's it's using your muscles uh, to a level of exertion and just not allowing for any any recovery. And you got to drink plenty of water and it can't be, you know, it has to have electro. It's a long story. But yeah, it, it can be dangerous. You would know because you would feel like shit. You would stop peeing or your pee would yeah. like Coca-Cola. So you'd be like, this doesn't look good. Let's head over yeah. to the hospital. Uh, the, for the run part, do you use a, a chair? Do you go in your arms? Do you, how do you do the, the one mile on each side? Well, I, I have, I, I, I try doing hopping. Um, we figured out that a quarter mile hop, um, if I hop about a, a quarter mile, it's about the equivalent of, of, of about a mile running for a normal person. Sure. So I was doing that. Um, and then I had a bike chair. Um, it's called it's called a a, a mountain mountain trike chair, and cool. I was using that. It's kind of like a bike, as like it's like a bike basically, mm -hmm. um, like a pump bike. And um, but that broke. So then what I've been using is the um, the uh, ski erg, which is like the skiing machine where you have like you pull down, and you just sure. So I've been yeah, doing yeah. that. So okay, cool. How do you wear any sort of pads or anything like when you're mountain climbing or when you're stuffed or, or um, running or hopping or whatever? Do you wear no. anything on your legs? No, I don't. <laughs> so it's like it's like barefoot running, kind of, but not even because pretty much, yeah. your mid femur isn't isn't set up for for that. I, yeah. Um, yeah. So you just basically suffer through it. Pretty much. Yeah. Do, does your body adapt at all? Like, I'm pretty sure if I tried to walk around my house on my knees, I would be just turbo fucked tomorrow. <laughs> but I mean, does your body is just like okay? Well, I guess this is where we're going to be walking on now. And yeah, yeah, okay. it just your your yeah your body just gets used 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 to doing it i mean yeah. you just and you're um, doing it for 60 days good for you man yeah dude yeah. that's crazy and you're over 40 uh <laughs> it's probably why you don't look like you're over 40 <laughs> uh can we get you on a redmond warriors hike i would love to go on one i would nice. love to nice come hey, with well go ahead jerry say go to wilmington man wilmington's coming up next week wilmington oh, yeah man. that's that's what you're out in colorado right yeah i am Colorado. Colorado Springs has a hike. Yeah, when is that really? one? I'll bring it up to you right now. How do you like Colorado? I like it a lot. Uh, whereabouts do you live? Um, I live down in uh, Colorado Springs, so okay. just south of south of Den Denver. Yeah, so Colorado yeah. Springs right now is August fifteenth, same day as the Raleigh hike, which means you have to come to Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Colorado Springs is August fifteenth. And then you currently have Denver, October 31st. So you have two in Colorado you, go. you can go to. Okay. There you go. And you have uh, Natasha out there, right? She's friendly. Yeah. She's yep. very, I mean, I met her in, I think, Washington, D.C. So she travels to a lot of these hikes. Well, uh, she's going to harp you for sure. Yeah. She'll get you on one. It's a lot of fun. I mean, um, yeah. I think I, one of the best things about it, and a lot of people don't realize that, is, yeah, people go for themselves, right, to kind of – I don't know, get back into the swing of things, uh, hang out with veterans and stuff. But the more important part is getting there. And then, uh, Jeremy, what did you call him the other day? What does Donnie call him? The, no, I think this is Dan that was telling me. The, the guys who are quiet and they're kind of off on the side and they're not talking to anyone. And they Isolated, came up, secluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a name for him. And, uh, you know, he, 
he said, that's why we're out there. Cause you go with to those guys and you start talking mm-hmm. with them. Like, Hey man, what's going on? Where'd you serve? Blah, blah, blah. And then I've seen it happen myself on the, I don't know. I've done four hikes, three, four hikes. Uh, at the end, you have guys who are like quiet and they're not talking in the end. They're laughing and joking and making fun of each yeah. other. And it's just like, man, that's what it's all about right there. Mm-hmm. So, it so is. yeah. Uh, are you involved in any other veterans organization, VSOs or anything like that? Um, I mean, I've done stuff with a bunch of other people. Um, Oscar, Oscar Mike, um, uh, different ordering or, organizations I've done stuff with. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you're getting a lot of good feedback. I notice, uh, and again, I don't know how your, your, um, uh, I want to say wad, but your, uh, Murphy's, I don't know how they showed up on my Facebook feed. Um, but a lot of people are on there and they're, they're, you know, cheering you on and stuff. So you're, yeah. you're getting a good following that way. Yeah. Pretty good following. Okay. And it's really cool to see because uh, since I've been doing this, I've gotten so many messages from other people who have like started doing the Murph challenge and started doing three day challenge that, would have never have ever done it ever prior. You know what I mean? So sure. it's just been really cool to see the, how many people have like started to, to just kind of do their own thing and just be active. Which yeah, is yeah. Awesome. What, what do you have to say to the folks? And, and I don't mean this to be quippy or anything like that. Cause, mm-hmm. cause I think one of the worst things a veteran can do is compare whatever trauma they experience with someone else. Right. Because all you're going to do is beat the shit out of yourself. Like uh, we bring this up a lot. Um, you go, all right, so I had a rough time and uh, I have some PTSD, but I didn't have it that bad or I didn't, people do that. And that's stupid. That's not, you know, whether you're the 55 year old receptionist whose dog died last week, or you're someone that was in a a IED trauma is trauma and how you deal with it is how you deal with it. So, um, I went on a tangent there. I forgot what the hell I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you motivate people? Every year I try to get folks to do the Murphy. Um, I, I'm never successful. I, I mean, I get a few people and, and I'm looking at Jeremy right now. Uh, I get a few people, but <laughs> how do you motivate people to do it? And do you have to go in and I got to wear my 20 pound weight vest and I got to do everything to the T or, you know, explain it, explain to folks. What does it no, do for you? What does um, it do your confidence and your mental health? I think for one, I, to, to bring up the doing it to a, a T thing. No, you don't have to. Um, I think just getting out and there are tons of different kind of modifications that you can do to it. You don't need to be, you don't need to have the, you don't need to wear the 20 pound vest. Um, you don't need to do everything exactly perfect. Um, there's definitely things that you can do to modify every single thing. So um, just getting out and, and doing it every year is, is what, is what matters, you know, getting out and, and doing it. Um, and I feel that um, the way that I get people to do this is by me doing it. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, it 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 didn't start until the after the thirty day mark when I started doing this. The extra thirty days is when everybody started kind of jumping on board and started to go, oh, I want to start doing this too. But it took like thirty days of me doing it every day for them to go, okay, this guy's serious, you know, and, and, and then they started to follow and then they started to want it to do it too. So I, I guess it's just, it's just kind of like leading by example and just kind of just being con- consistent and doing it. Uh, do you notice any gains uh, or has yeah. it, has it, a, oh, it did? Sweet. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. I mean, I've, I've pull-ups. I mean, it's, yeah, I've 
pull-ups and sit-ups are, are i've seen a ton of gains in those areas but yeah pull-ups are brutal uh i try to do them three times a week and it's like that's one of those things where if you get one extra in you feel like you just deadlifted an extra 100 pounds you know you're like sweet yeah. i did i did 14 without dying or whatever it is yeah uh yeah pull-ups are brutal the, the um what else is it oh the push-ups uh, push, you know, so everybody's different. Like I push ups, I can do all day long. Doesn't, doesn't yeah, push ups are no problem for me. I, I, I can do push ups. Yeah, and I, I don't do squats. I do um, sit ups. So yeah. I do sit ups instead of squats. And so I was never really good at sit ups, and I hated sit ups. And that's the most that I do with sit ups. And then, oh, it, it hurts. Isn't that it hurts so, so weird bad. with with sit ups? They always beat the shit out of me too. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know during yeah. our PFTs, I'd always just do the minimum. And be like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I got. I'm kind of curious. So. When you when you do your MRFs, are you a morning person, afternoon or evening person? When do you um, usually tend to do it? Morning person. When it comes to this, just get it out of the way. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I kind of get up. I I I start around ten, and I finish around eleven or twelve. What's your okay. biggest struggle with it? Um, mental struggle right now. Okay. It's just the daily I get that. doing it every single day. Yeah, that's what it just gets to you. You're like, okay, I got to get up and I got to do this, and so it's just a kind of more of like a mental mental game how many okay. days do you have left for the 60 um i've got 16 days left okay are you gonna go for 90 <laughs> <laughs> i thought about it <laughs> seriously yeah. but I don't know now that he's thought about it, he's like oh, i don't know about that hold on yeah, no. <laughs> i would just boredom i think would get me because you know when you work yeah. out it's the same thing each time you're like ah oh, yeah no that is and, the hard part that is the hard part yeah you gotta you gotta change it up but i mean dude if you do 90 um all right, so uh, to wrap this up, I want to bring something back, Jeremy. I don't know if you uh, remember from the earlier episodes. I used to end my episodes with something called the rundown. And the rundown is rapid uh, questions you just answer to the best of your ability. And I always had fun with it. I think it's a great way to end things. Uh, so the first question for you, um, Travis, is are okay. gyms essential businesses? Yes, they are. Well, that was easy. <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, for mental health, physical, everything else, just even social, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, agree 100%. Um, Roy Cooper doesn't really agree, but hopefully he will be getting on board. That's our governor. Um, bars aren't essential. He just said no to bars, so. Yeah. Said, well, what's crazy is the Senate or the House was like, yeah, no, open up bars, open up gyms, do it. And he's like, well, Cooper no. came back and vetoed, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, I know, because we have good friends, veterans in the community, and veteran supporters that they're still out of work because they're non-essential. It's like what the? It yeah. just makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. In your own <laughs> words, uh, and I guess keep it down to a sentence. What does it mean to be a veteran? Um, to have just served um, your country. Easy answer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you did name, say quick. I did say quick. <laughs> name name two types of veterans. Two types of veterans. Um, shit, I don't know. I've um, had some weird answers for this one, but wow. Uh, you got the ones who. You got the ones. Okay, so you got the ones who, who, just kind of accept their what they are and everything else, and you got the ones who live. In that moment, and never get out of it. That bro vet. The bro vet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so the, there, there's definitely two types. You got you get the ones who kind of move on and just are just like you know, hey, I I served and that was a part of my life. And you get the ones who just live in that moment. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it, it can. Um, I think there's a, definitely a nice medium. I think veterans have a duty to help each other out. They don't have to, but I think it's, you know, it's a duty. So I don't know. I think if you do that balancing act, I remember about, I don't know, about six months ago, I was at work and uh, I don't wear scrubs on Friday. And I was reading something about a bro vet. It was like, are you a bro vet? And I was like, do you have a beard? Are you wearing a shirt with an American flag on? Oh, here we go. With American flag on your <laughs> shoulder. I was wearing, I shit you not. I yeah, was wearing, boy. there you go. Yep. I had the, um, the riggers belt on. I had, uh, uh, what are those? What are those? Um, they're like Chuck Taylors, but they're for, um, they're military Chuck, Taylor, whatever the hell the, the brand is. I had the, you're, I'm you're, like, you're oh, 511 nine line khaki. Yeah. Pants. Whatever it is. I'm like, dude, I'm a bro. <laughs> you got your, uh, you got your, you got your, uh, your camouflage shoes too. Oh, absolutely. I had my, uh, my, uh, my camouflage Kydex. <laughs> So yeah, it was terrible, yep. terrible, but you know, whatever. Um, name two misconceptions civilians have about veterans. I don't know. I'm going to, I'll just do one. I won't put you on the button much. Name a misconception civilians have about veterans. Um, shit. I don't even know. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions <sighs> that I'm, that one's tough. I'm, I'm not sure on that, on that, on that one. That we're all yeah. violent. Yeah. There you that go. we're all that we're all kind of this these crazy PTSD freaked out people. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, something yeah. like Jeremy kind of is, but um most other veterans are <laughs> a little bit. Uh what is a word or phrase that means a ton of you as oh, sorry, let me say that again. What's a word or phrase that means a ton to you as a former soldier that a civilian would never understand? Embrace the suck. <laughs> like Good that. one. Good one. I like that one. Uh, I always do. Embrace we used to have suck. a sign. We had a sign up in our aircraft. Uh, you guys ever hear of, look him up if, if you haven't heard of him. His name is, um, now I'm going to, and I forget. He was a Vietnam era. So this guy was, I don't know if he was a grunt or what he did, but he had a radio station in Saigon that he ran and it was like this underground thing and, and they wanted to shut him down, but all the troops had turned in. It was something rabbit, something rabbit. I, I can't remember. So just look up Vietnam radio rabbit or whatever, and, and you'll okay. find this guy's stuff. You can listen to his old recordings. Someone listened to his, his uh, or someone recorded them all, and they're, they're really, really cool because it kind of gives you the idea of like the mindset of grunts at this time and the ones who were rebellious. And he yeah. had this saying, he had this saying that said, fuck the army before it fucks you. <laughs> and so we, we put that up in an aircraft. And, and, uh, <laughs> actually, maybe it was just fuck it before it fucks you or, or whatever, but it's a great saying. Um, who wins in a fight, John Rambo or John Matrix? And for those who don't understand John Matrix, he was the commando, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I go with Schwarzenegger. Absolutely. Yeah. How about how about you, Jeremy? I, I, I'm going Rambo because Rambo in the in the commando, he wasn't. He wasn't really too familiarized with military where Rambo was just this hardcore fucking Vietnam vet who was just so fucked up and seen so much. He, the training, the big Bowie knife. I don't know. It's just kind of I'm going with uh, Rambo on that one. Right. Fair enough answer. CrossFit, an intense workout that is good for you or 
you're just filling a void of not having to overcome adversity in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I like cross CrossFit. I, I, um, I used to go to like normal gyms and stuff and just go and work out and everything else. And I, I found myself not pushing myself. I found myself not getting a really good workout. And so I kind of was lucky enough when I climbed met the uh, Manitou steps here in Colorado Springs. One time I ran into one of the gym owners of the gym that I'm going to now. And um, he wanted me to come to his gym. And it was his first, my, it was my first experience to like an in, in actual CrossFit gym. And um, I've actually loved it. So yeah. I, I like to make fun of it, but I I do it. I mean, if you look at yeah. my garage, I have sandbags, I have kettlebells, <laughs> I have, you know, mm -hmm. dumbbells. I mean, it's just to me, it keeps things changed up, right? It, it's mm -hmm. nothing's ever the same. And I'm not, I don't want to use this word. I'm going to use it. I don't like it, but it's, it's more functional. You know what I mean? Like yeah. picking heavy stuff up and throwing it over your shoulder versus just lying flat on a bench and bench pressing I mean, I understand what that does for you and, and there's some jacked people that do that but for me yeah. personally what fits in my life is to be able to pick something up or put something over my head and, and put it down put it down <laughs> pick it up and put it down pick it up, put it down uh that's it I do have this this last one um we'll try it here okay fill in this sentence I'm gonna have you try to try to think from my side of things the air force does blank better than the army Nothing. How about we got we got nicer chow halls? Come on, we must have something. <laughs> oh man, I know that was I good. Know. I like that. Oh, don't worry. It's now we're going to the army does blank better than the marines. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Nope. I I I have one thing. Wines. Oh yeah. What? Come on. Wines. All right, uh, Jeremy, the Marines do what better than the other branches? Everything. <laughs> These are Every fucking everything, thing. Nothing, everything. Oh, come on. Uh, thanks for it to Nick Peterson, actually. He just, uh, so if you're watching this, just go into the comments. He put a, a link up of that guy. Uh, I guess he just died, which is too bad. Um, the guy who did that pirate radio. Uh, something rabbit. I can't remember his name. But uh, yeah, uh, Nick, thank you for, for coming on. Um, or Travis, sorry, I just read Nick. So that's what I said. No. Travis, thanks, thanks for coming on. Where can people, people absolutely, where, where can people watch you? Where can they be like, hey, I want to see this guy. It sounds so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, um, come on, dude. I just got my, I've I just been doing it on my own um, Facebook, which okay. you can find me on, uh, you know, just search my, my name, Travis McCody Strong. Is, is Strong your last name, or is that yes, just it is. like... It is, really? Yes. yes. Son of a bitch. I thought you were just being like, you know, Travis Strong, you know, Boston Strong. I've, I've had that I'm happen. People call me like uh, Travis uh, Cody and stuff. I'm like, why are you calling me that? And they, they assume that my last name's not Strong. It's Cody, yeah, yeah. Matt Cody. And I'm like, no, it's Strong. Marketing. <laughs> so, yeah. Marketing-wise, it like, fits perfectly, man. You yep. need to start your own like Facebook fitness channel or YouTube fitness channel. I think it would be That's, great. Well, I'm, I'm trying to... One of my goals is to raise money. I'm raising money throughout this last 30 days to um, help be to help me to become a, a trainer to get the uh, training certifications to become a, a trainer. So that's what I'm trying trying to do. Perfect. Where can people donate to that or whatever? Um, I have a, a GoFundMe that I've been posting every day, um, and that's what Sweet. I'm doing. 
All right, so check out Travis McCody Strong uh, over on his Facebook channel. And uh, winding things up, what we got, uh, remember one week we have Wilmington. Good luck finding housing. So you guys are going to have to, um, I don't know, bunk up or whatever, because uh, there's not a lot out there, especially on, on um, what do you call that? ER, ERBO, Airbnb. Airbnb and all that. I can't find Airbnb. Um, what I'm end up, I might end up driving in that morning, um, or I don't know, I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going to do everything I can to get there, and we'll be doing some interviews. Um, it's going to be a good time. So remember, that is July, not July, June 12th, right? Oh, yes. June 12th. So basically, That's next week coming up. plus a day. Yeah, yeah, so next Saturday. And and we need this. It's it's going to be great because we've all been cooped up. We haven't been to gyms. We haven't been to bars. Um we need to get back together, uh, and I think it's going to go well. So go over to reverentwarriors.com. Go over to 21gun.net um, for this episode that you're listening to. That doesn't make sense because if you're listening to it, you've already you've already made it to 21gun.net. So I don't know. Go there. It's where I put all my shit. Uh, and Jeremy, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, other than that, uh, I mean, June 12th is the uh, the meet and greet. Normally, we'd have 13th is the day of the hike. And if you guys okay. need any uh, kind of gear, just go to reverendwarriors.com. It's where you can get your your fancy fanny pack. I just ordered one for myself. Um, you can't get any OG hats, but you can get some of the new designs we have coming up. And uh, one quick plug, as he shared our stream for us, Uncommon Valor, Paul Cardenas, man. Go oh, look yeah. At his, go look at his stuff. I always forget. It, listen, it's uh, yeah, look up Uncommon Valor. I think it's UC Valor Clothing. Um, and if you use 21 gun podcast, shit, I always screw that one up too. I think it's 21 gun. Yeah. It's 21 gun podcast. 21 gun. Yep, podcast. Uh, at checkout, you get 10% off. So, um, I don't, it's, it's, I don't get anything from it. I just like to help out a, a fellow friend. Paul will hopefully be coming on the show quite a bit now that we're going to be, um, doing these live shows from instill distillery. Another plug instill distillery. Check them out. Eric Tangy's outfit out here in Claytona beach. Um, I don't know. That's about it. So. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, Travis, for coming on. Thank you for uh, having Jeremy, me. Jeremy, we'll make Thank you. see you next week. Awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Bye, guys. Take care, bye. guys. Bye.